Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teachatluke.co.uk. Hello, you're listening to Luke's English Podcast. How are you doing? I, I realise that you can't really reply to me. You could, you could sort of, when you hear me say that, how are you? You could speak very softly into your headphones. I'm fine, thanks. Uh, but if anyone saw you, it would look a bit weird, wouldn't it? Um, uh, that's, this is a podcast. It's not a telephone conversation. It's really just a one-way thing. Although, of course, you can send me some sort of correspondence. Of course, you can uh, find the page on my website for this episode and then leave me a comment. Uh, you could leave a comment there and just say, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Um, you could uh, get in touch via Facebook, leave a comment there. You could tweet me. I'm on Twitter, of course. Google Plus. Not that, I mean, how many people out there, how many of you are actually using Google Plus as your main social network? Not that many, I think, but who knows? Anyway, when I do ask you at the beginning of an episode like this, hi, how are you? you I, I suppose you can just imagine the answer just in your head. I'm fine, thanks, Luke. In fact, I'm great because I'm listening to a brand new episode of Luke's English Podcast. So I'm more than all right. I'm more than fine. I'm great. I'm brilliant. I mean, how good can it be? How good can it can a person be? Um, that's how good I am, okay? Uh, that's what you might be thinking. I'm really over the moon. I'm on top of the world. Um, I'm on cloud nine. You know, all those idioms. This is your chance, ladies and gents, to, to break out those idioms that you know, those expressions that you've learned diligently over the years. Now's the chance to use them. How are you? And you might say to yourself, I'm, I'm I don't know, I'm cock-a-hoop. There's another one. That was on the uh, podcast, wasn't it, a while ago, if you remember. That one came up um, in the episode called On a Boat. And uh, one of my friends was drinking a, a, a local beer called cock-a-hoop. And just by coincidence, he was also feeling cock-a-hoop. Yes, all right. Um, so I hope that you're feeling, you know, uh, great um, in, in you know, wh whatever situation you're in. Um, I hope you're having a nice day. I hope you've had a nice day. I hope you're going to have a nice day. I hope you're in the middle of having a nice day. I hope that you're about to have a nice day. Uh, whatever sort of time relationship you have with the the day that you're experiencing or have just experienced or are going to experience you know I don't know if it's the beginning the middle or the end of the day for you um you know I I should probably give you a, a sentence for each time of day so if it's right at the beginning of the day and this is the first thing you're doing then I hope that you have a good day I hope you're going to have a good day if it's in the middle of the day then I hope you're having a good day and if it's at the end of the day I hope you've had a good day um and um, yeah, let's let's get started with this. this <laughs> Sometimes I can't speak my own language, which is kind of normal, you know. 
when you're when you're recording a podcast sometimes uh, it's possible to sort of um, get stuck on a word every now and then you know how that is don't you well you might not I don't know if you ever do record your own podcast then you might know what it's uh, what it feels like and even in your first language sometimes you stumble over words and things it's normal that kind of thing happens all the time I can't imagine how difficult it must be in the second language I bet it's even worse isn't it well of course it is I know because um, in my daily life, when I'm out and about trying to speak French, I stumble over my words all the time. It's very embarrassing. It's, uh, it's oh dear, really, honestly. You know how it is. I've, you've heard my jokes about trying to speak French to people. Oh, it's embarrassing. It really is. Sometimes people ask me questions very quickly, and I've got no idea what they're saying, and I just stand there like an idiot. You know, that's really what I'm like. It's very embarrassing, it really is. Sometimes it's just the most simple question as well. Like you know, I'm I'm normally okay if I go you know I'm ordering a drink or something. Normally I'm I'm okay. I play it cool. I go into the you know cafe, uh, un cafe s'il vous plaît. I don't even know if it's un, un or un. And I've been here for two years. This is just frankly very embarrassing. The whole concept of masculine and feminine nouns just floors me. It does. And I'm constantly forgetting if it's, you know, if coffee is male or female. There's no logic to it. I mean, you know, how could you how could you decide? I mean, it seems to be completely arbitrary if coffee's male or female. I don't know. Who decides anyway? When a new word comes out, who decides if it's male or female? Like all those words, for example, from the Harry Potter films or Lord of the Rings. You know, like a muggle. A muggle is a non-magical person. Is a muggle a male or female? I wonder, French people or any anyone who's you know speaks a uh, a language with gendered nouns. Um, tell me your thoughts. Uh, leave a comment. Teacherluke.co.uk. Uh, what was I talking about? Anyway, basically, I hope you're well and you, you're li- you're now listening to an episode of Luke's English podcast. So you must be well. You must be great. That's what I'm assuming. Anyway, um, so. In this episode, basically what I'm going to do is give my response to a film that I saw yesterday evening. Uh, I went to the movies, um, which is a rather American expression. I went to the movies, I went to the cinema, um, and I saw a film. I went to the movies and I saw a movie. Um, I suppose that's how they would say it in America. In fact, in the in the States, I think they call it a, the theatre. The theatre. The movie theatre. Okay, if there are American people listening to this... First of all, sorry about my American accent, which must sound a bit ridiculous to you. Um, Although, you know, lots of people listening to this who really can't tell the difference, it's not that bad. It's all right. You know, my American accent's pretty good, really. Um, It's just probably sometimes, you know, you make little mistakes, which uh, make it obvious. Um, Anyway, I went to the cinema and I saw Taken 3, the third Taken film. So in this episode, I'm just going to give you my response to the Taken sequel, the the, the second take, Taken sequel, which is called Taken 3, very original title. Um, and then also, after I've talked about it and given you my film review of this um, little bit of Hollywood movie history, uh, a bit of Hollywood movie history that may well be better off forgotten about, um, anyway, before I, after I've given you my review of Taken 3 um, and talked about it a bit, I'm also going to uh, teach you some expressions that use the word take. You see what I've done? You see what I've done there? 
talking about take and three, I'm also going to use words that uh, use expressions that use the word take as well. So um, sort of lock lock yourself in, strap in, strap yourself in, because it's uh, it's it's movie review time, and also a bit of vocabulary teaching as well. And I've I'm cle- I've cleverly combined the uh, the theme, the vocabulary theme, with the the name of the movie. Um, okay, right. I mean, they don't use the word take that much in the film. I mean, no more than normal, except for the fact that the 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 film is called Taken. The first thing, really, I should say about Taken Three is that no one is taken. I mean, okay, someone gets taken right at the end for about five minutes, but generally. No one is actually taken in the film. In the first one, um, his daughter gets taken and he tries to save her. Okay, He uses a particular set of skills, skills which he's developed over a very long career, um, to save his daughter. In the second one, he gets taken and his, his wife gets taken. And he says to his daughter on the phone, Kimmy, uh, your mother's been taken and I'm going to be taken too. Right, so um, that's Taken 2. But in Taken 3, no one actually gets taken, first of all. So that's the first criticism. Um, So, okay, let's get... Let's start talking about Taken 3. I I already have started talking about Taken 3. So, really, I should say, let's continue talking about Taken 3. I say let's. I mean, really, you've got nothing to do with it. You you have no choice over uh, what I'm going to do now. I could talk... I could stop talking about Taken if I wanted. I could start talking about golf... Um, golf is obviously a sport which many people play. It involves hitting a little white ball through the air and into a hole using the least number of shots possible. Why? I don't know. Um, I don't know why people spend so much time and effort on that. Um, in fact, some if you're very good at it, if you're if you're able to hit a little ball into a hole um, in like just two two shots, then you will be celebrated as one of the greatest humans on earth. You'll be given riches and rewards beyond measure. Uh, you'll be held in the highest esteem. And women will, if you're a man, or maybe even if you're a woman too, women will throw themselves at your feet, um, uh, begging for your attention. Um, and, and all because you're able to hit a little white ball through the air and along the ground into a hole in the, in the floor. Um, it's a weird world, isn't it, that we live in? It's a very bizarre world that um, these are the important things that um, performing sort of slightly obscure um, uh, motor skills like hitting a ball in the air, um, that's really that's really what we're looking for, isn't it, in a human? Like, okay, you're, you're a nice person, you know, you're, you, you're a good person, you, you're not, you, you know, you, you, con- you, you contribute things to the world, you, ethically, you know, you're aware, you, 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 um, you're generous, you try and make the world a better place, but never mind that, um, can you throw this ball uh, into that hole? And if you can't, well, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, it seems that we w- reward skill. How am I going to bring this back to the, to the subject of Taken? Well, I suppose similarly, in, in a way that a golf uh, expert, a professional golf uh, golfer, um, utilises a very particular set of skills, um, skills which probably they've developed over a long career. Similarly, the, uh, the main character in this Taken series called Brian Mills, he also has a very particular set of skills, but not for um, launching a white ball through the air into a hole in the ground, but no, more like just punching people with the edge of his hand, uh, slamming people's heads into fridges, 
Um, he does that a bit in this film, um, sort of blowing up cars and then escaping from them at the last minute. He does lots of things at the last minute, you know. He's, he's about to get shot and then he avoids it at the last minute. Um, someone's going to punch him, but he blocks it at the last minute. Um, you know, someone is going to kill his daughter and he stops them at the last minute. Someone's going to blow up a building and he he, he uh, kills them at the last minute. Lots of last minute stuff. It's dramatic and entertaining. Um, anyway, that was just a, a weird brief tangent about golf, which I, I think was proving some kind of point. I don't know what kind of point it was. Okay, so... First of all, Taken 3, I should say at this point, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, you, you should know what that phrase means. A spoiler is basically a um, like a piece of information about a film, um, usually which could spoil your enjoyment of the film. So it could be a detail of the plot. Usually that's it. It's basically just a, a detail of the plot, which... Um, uh, if you know about it in advance of seeing the film, it could spoil your enjoyment of the film. That's why we say spoilers and spoiler alert. I might uh, give away some details of the storyline for this film. Although, to be honest, I think you probably have quite a good idea of what kind of thing you can expect from Taken 3. Um, it's the usual stuff, really. Someone did something to his family. And now Liam Neeson will use his very particular set of skills to find them, and he will hunt them down, and he will kill them. That's normally what happens in a, in a Taken movie. Uh, there'll be lots of high-octane action, some very questionable moral actions, and also the usual offensive stereotypes of foreign people. That's what people want from a Taken uh, movie, isn't it? They want um, sort of efficient violence, broad stereotyping, um, and um, offensive uh, uh, depictions of foreign people and uh, murder with no consequence. That's really what we want. As, and, and we're okay with it as long as it, uh, he loves his daughter, remember? Okay, so um, you should know at this point, um, if you're new to the podcast, you should know that I have already talked at length about Taken 1 already on this podcast. Why am I obsessed with Taken? Um Really, to be honest, it's just that I find it funny. I find the film to be funny, just like many other Hollywood films. I find it to be amusing, in in the, in and fascinating. Really, the first Taken film was um, a huge success, and it you know re, re revitalized uh, Liam Neeson's career, um, and it was you know part of this trend of movies which are about older men who are sort of. Um, who who have uh, kind of kickstarted their career again as action movie heroes? So we've got you know the Expendables, Sylvester Stallone, um, Dolph Lundgren, Arnold Schwarzenegger, even people like Kevin Costner and and all sorts of other older guys. They're in their sixties and even older, and they're still kicking ass on the cinema screen and you know millions of people are going out of their way to pay to see these films so apparently we love the the kind of badass older guy in the movies these days don't we it seems that seems to be the case um and so taken three is just another installment of that kind of thing um i find it funny because um it's just it manages to do all these terrible things i mean that the the taken the first taken film uh was full of horrible um moral actions like deeply questionable ethic 
ethical decisions, um, which the the film presents as being perfectly fine. Um, we're invited to, uh, in fact, encourage and support all of this this murder and and um, unjustified killing and all that sort of thing. Um, and it it very very um, cleverly plays on our emotions, eliciting sympathy, eliciting eliciting our our um, empathy and so on. Because you know, basically, it's all about an, an older guy. Uh, an estranged husband, a man who loves his family, just doing whatever he can to save his daughter. And of course, you know, we can't argue with that, can we? We really can't. We're we're designed to agree. Like, okay, well, yeah, he loves his daughter. Okay, punch as many people in the face as you like then. Because ultimately, this guy is a family guy. Um, so I have already talked about Taken One already on the podcast. Um, now, yesterday, I went to the cinema... And as I was walking to the cinema, I tweeted, uh, I tweeted this. I said, um, I'm on my way to see Taken 3, dot, dot, dot. Um, and naturally, some people responded with comments and stuff, and they wanted me to talk about it on the podcast, so here it is. Um, I've been kind of waiting for Taken 3 to come into the cinema for quite a while, just so I get the chance to um, just... I suppose just so I get the the chance to so I have the excuse to just rant about Taken for a while longer because it's one of my favorite things. I love going on about this film. I just find it brilliant. Okay. So, um in a nutshell, the film is the film is bad. Okay? It's it's total pants, it's piss poor, it's lame, it's cheesy. And quite frankly, it's dull as well. It's pretty dull. Um really it's like a B movie. It's like a straight to TV action movie the sort of movie that you'd find in the in the bargain bucket in a dvd shop straight to dvd kind of action movie stuff but this one has liam neeson in it so that's why it's you know still um like top level hollywood entertainment because it's you know related to the first taken film and it's got liam neeson in it therefore it's in the it's in the cinemas but really the quality level is similar to most straight to dvd crappy action movies um it does retain a few of the well all right it doesn't it doesn't really retain many of the redeeming qualities of the original film it doesn't really bring anything new to the table and to be honest it just looks like everyone involved is just doing it for the money um, that's not to say that the film was without enjoyment, because I did enjoy it a bit, perhaps because before I went into the cinema I had already lowered my expectations, um, and also because it's it's Liam Neeson, and I just really enjoy uh, watching Liam Neeson uh, films. I think he's I think he's great. He's very engaging screen presence. He's charismatic. He's he's you know he's physically interesting to look at. He does look quite intimidating. Um, he's very convincing and. To be honest, I could probably enjoy Liam Neeson in anything. I mean, you could probably just put him in a box and I'd enjoy watching that. You know, in this case, they've put him in a film, but you could just put him in a cardboard box. I'd still enjoy it. You know, um, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you've put me in a box, but you have. And I, I'm, I've got, I have a very particular set of skills, skills that allow me to get out, out of boxes and I will utilize them and then I will hunt you down and then I'll put you in a box and see how you like that. Um, that that would be quite good. That's what Taken 4 should be. Taken 4. Taken in a box. You know, like, Kimmy, I've, I'm in a box, and I don't know where I am, and I don't know why I'm in a box. 
Um, and I don't know why anyone is paying to see this shit anymore. But anyway, um, that could be taken for. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe someone in Hollywood is listening to this and they'll be like, Luke from Luke's English Podcast is onto something. Uh, and then, then they'll make Taken 4 in a, where, where he's trapped in a box. So the film is called Taken 3. To be honest, it could have been called, it could have been called Taken to the Cleaners um, or, or Taken for a Ride, which uh, that's two jokes which um, probably about 5% of you have got. Uh, if you're taken to the cleaners, it, if someone takes you to the cleaners, it basically means that you've been ripped off. For example, if you pay, I don't know, far too much money for a product, you, you'd, someone would say you've been taken to the cleaners there. <laughs> you know, for example, uh, I don't know, what did you buy? I, hey, hey, look, I bought these bananas. Uh, I bought these bananas. Okay, yeah, they just look like normal bananas. Yeah, but I, guess what? I got these for £100. Three bananas for £100. £33.3 each. Actually, it's 33.3 recurring pounds each, as we may have dealt with already on the podcast. Anyway, I've got three bananas for £100. Three bananas for £100. I think you've been taken to the cleaners there. Uh, There's an example of it. Similarly, you could say to be taken for a ride, which is where someone's like um, tricking you or ripping you off. Okay? You know, like he's taking... I think he's taking us for a ride. Meaning, not literally, but idiomatically, meaning that he's um, he's ripping us off. So the film, <laughs> the film could be called "Taken to the Cleaners" or "Taken for a Ride." Do you get it? <clears throat> All right, okay. You know, I'm doing my best. I'm just trying to make you laugh. <sighs> anyway, it could also be called "Taken the Mickey" <laughs> uh, or "Taken the Piss," even. But no, it's called "Taken 3. It's just simple. It's the third in the in the series, so they call it Taken Three. Um, and um, how could they resist a sequel? Really, how could they resist? The, the first two probably made loads of money, and I imagine at this point that Liam Neeson is is contractually obliged to to make a third film, or maybe they offered him so much money that he couldn't refuse. Um, I suppose that's what it was. It certainly looks like you get the. I mean. The film is is very badly directed. It's shaky. The the camera's very shaky. You don't really get a good look at him in the eyes. You know, you don't get really get to examine his his eyes. You know, in some movies they they linger on the face of the star for a long time. You get to really lose yourself in the in the face of the movie star and really explore the emotions and feelings that they're experiencing you know for example if you watch a film like taxi driver uh, there are these lingering shots of um, robert de niro and you get to really observe his face and it's really an incredible performance you can see how invested he is in the in the performance and he really has become travis bickle in that in that film um in Taken 3, the camera is very shaky. You never really get a chance to have a good look at Liam Neeson and to try, you know, explore the conflicting emotions that you must be feeling during the middle of this film, which is probably for the best because um, if we did get a chance to look into his eyes, you'd probably just see nothing, you know, just a cold, blank sort of uh, stare looking back at you um, the, with a mind, the mind inside just literally counting the dollars 
that he's making every day from starring in this film. I, th- I imagine that's about as deep as it goes uh, for Liam Neeson in this case. I'm just, you know, imagining that. Who knows? Maybe he's fully invested in in it, but um, I doubt it somehow. Um, let's have a look at the plot of this film. So it's it's a bog-standard mystery thriller. It's a bog-standard crime thriller. Um, you know, the normal sort of thing. Uh, a man gets... Um, a man gets framed for a crime that he didn't commit and he, he's on the run from the law and it's not entirely certain who has done this crime and why they did it but throughout the uh, throughout the film we learn you know little bits and pieces and if you're clever if you're observant you're able to work out who the bad guy is and who isn't the bad guy to be honest it's pretty obvious from the beginning who the bad guy is um and the, you know the story doesn't offer that many surprises in fact if you really think about the plot which i imagine you're not really supposed to do you're not really supposed to think about it very much but if you do examine the storyline at all then it there are just loads of holes loads of plot holes loads of errors in it and you know when you when you actually like I did after the film, I, I, I ran through the storyline in my head and afterwards I was like, what the, what, really? Is that the story? There are loads of plot holes in it, which I'm not necessarily going to go into right now because I don't want to spoil it too much. Um, as if I'm the one who's going to spoil your enjoyment of the film. As if, <laughs> as if that's the thing that's going to ruin it. Like, oh, that was, I didn't enjoy that at all. Why not? Well, because of Luke's English podcast. What? No, it was yeah, sure. It's Luke's English podcast. It's not because the film is terrifically badly written and terribly directed. Oh no, it's because I spoiled it. Sure. Um, so, as I said before, that it doesn't have any of the simplicity of the original. The first Taken film was just wonderfully simple, very simple com- um, um, concept. His daughter's been kidnapped, and he'll do anything to get her back. And he does. He he does. He does. Okay, we're creating new words on Luke's English podcast. He he um his daughter's been kidnapped and he he'll do anything he can to get her back and he diz. Diz by the way is is even stronger than does. It it it's like an emphatic way of saying does. Okay? It's like saying he does do that. In fact, he's he diz that. Re- he really I and mean, watch the film and you'll see for sure just how much he diz it. Just in case you're wondering um, because this is a learning English podcast, just to remind you that that's that's what this is all about. Just in case you were wondering, "diz" is not really a word. Okay, fine, good. That was just a, a slip, a slip of the tongue. As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I do that from time to time. Even me, Luke from Luke's English Podcast. Yes, uh, I do make mistakes, and I don't mind admitting it. Um, okay, so it's got none of the simplicity of the original. And to be honest, it's just sort of riding on the quality of the original film. The original film, you know, they somehow found a great formula for an engaging action movie. Older guy, uh, actor who doesn't normally appear in action movies. Um, He loves his daughter and that's it. He's going to kill everyone. And he does, or does, in fact. Um, They're just really... Uh, squeezing all the juice out of this particular lemon. I mean, the second film pretty much squeezed the lemon dry anyway. But in in the third film, they're just you know uh, they they're putting that the the pulp of that lemon through some sort of industrial blender, just trying to get any remaining juice out of it. The result is a very bitter uh, mix, which which um, you know we we uh, which has been watered down as well. I'm I'm making a metaphor, ladies and gents. I'm making a lemon metaphor. 
there is an expression in english which is to squeeze uh the juice out of something um and that means when, when you kind of um try and extract as much uh quality uh from something as possible maybe money like if you've you know created a a, a successful um and very lucrative film fan- franchise let's say the first one was a big hit and it made loads of money and then in the second one you try and repeat the thing you know you've created a lemon in this case it's the film taken very juicy very nourishing very flavorsome lemon which everyone enjoyed and then of course everyone wants more so you have to squeeze that lemon a little bit more to squeeze more juice out of it you see you see how the idiom works to squeeze the juice out of something to squeeze the lemon dry um, in this case, they they squeezed the lemon dry in the second film. Probably within the first twenty minutes, the lemon was fully used up. And then in this film, they stuck that lemon through an industrial blender, and then they added water and probably some preservative chemicals. And the end result is that it just doesn't taste anything like the original. It looks like the original, smells like the original, but it's not the original. In fact, it's a completely different fruit, uh, you might say. Um, Okay, so instead of the simplicity of the original film, we have a kind of complex storyline um, which uses all sorts of different tricks. They try lots of different things to grab our interest at various points during the film, and it usually fails. Um, as I've said, Taken One, great concept. He loves his daughter, and he'll do anything to get her back. You know, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you want, but I will kill you, that kind of thing. That was great. I mean, really, that scene is all you need. And they're squeezing that particular lemon dry. You know, they're probably going to do Taken 4, aren't they? As we've as we've already established, he'll be in a box. Um, and uh, so there's, there is some interest, as I said. There's some interest in this, in this character, played by Liam Neeson, and his particular set of skills. The character who will find you and will kill you. It's interesting to see how he's going to deal with things. You know, as I said, just put this guy in a situation it's going to be engaging. Put him in a box. How's he going to get out of the box? How's he going to use his particular set of skills to get out of this box? Put him on a golf course. How's he going to... What's he going to do? Is he going to beat up all of the other competitors? How is he going to get the ball in the hole without hitting it loads of times? You know, it's quite interesting to see how he would deal with any number of situations. I'd like to see Liam Neeson come back to Paris... Instead of having to rescue his daughter, just to just to order some bread at the boulangerie, I, I'd be I'd be quite curious about that. Anyway, um, so how's he going to deal with things? He's probably going to grab people's arms, twist people's fingers, shove the edge of his hand into people's throats. That's normally how he deals with things. I mean, that's not really the best way to order bread in a boulangerie, you know. Um, you know, bonjour. Uh, what would you like? Uh, you know. Uh, I don't know what kind of bread you have, but I, I have a very particular set of skills, none of them in French. Now, give me a, give me a baguette, or I will kill you. Um, that would probably work, to be honest. They would probably give him a baguette. They'd be so scared. Um, anyway, as I, uh, what was I saying? Um, taken three. So there, there, there are the usual emotional elements to try and make you care about this. Um, you know, they they desperately try and set up some sort of emotional core in the film to uh, to basically um, blackmail our emotions, um, showing us that he's a nice guy because he loves his daughter. 
and he cares about her which sort of allows the film to justify the fact that he puts a lot of people in hospital um you know he he loves his daughter and he has a particular set of skills and he will find you and he will kill you those are basically his character traits that's his personality in this film he loves his daughter he's got a particular set of skills and he will find you and he will kill you that's it that's his character um i mean if you if this guy brian mills the character if he was on facebook or something you know you know on facebook you know, you need to complete like a series of questions that explain what you're what you're like as a person i mean on on facebook if you found brian mills it would probably be like uh you know likes uh his daughter um you know uh skills particular um hobbies finding you and killing you i don't know just uh, i think that's probably what what it would be like um the story tries a few things as i said uh, for a while um it's it's basically the fugitive remember the fugitive with uh, harrison ford that was a pretty good film harrison ford gets um framed for the murder of his uh, his wife but we know he's innocent and he goes on the run from the police and there are lots of dramatic moments where the police nearly catch him and he manages to escape the whole time he's trying to solve the murder and prove his innocence okay and there's a cop played by tommy lee jones who is trying to chase uh, harrison ford and uh, he's just trying to do his job just trying to bring the man to justice and the cop is kind of you know trying to work out if the guy did it or not it's that it's you might as well just watch the fugitive because the first half of this film it's the fugitive but with liam neeson in it okay um and then it becomes like the born identity you know just a guy trying to solve a problem by punching people and then and then it becomes taken one basically at the end it's just back to taken one again he'll do anything to to protect his family um in taken one there were some really great action moments where you know we see him dealing with people using his special skills punching people with his elbows and stuff uh turning people round and hitting them in the face with his thumb you know that kind of thing um but in taken three the the direction is so bad uh all of the action sequences uh are done with that shaky camera you know everything like action movies these days all have to be filmed on a very shaky camera i think it's it's since the the born identity movies you know jason the jason born films they were all very effectively filmed particularly the second two uh filmed by um who's the guy who directed that come on luke you should know uh paul uh, greengrass great director and he used that shaky camera to very good effect in the born films and the guy who directs Taken 3, whose name's Olivier Megaton, is that really his name? Um, Olivier Megaton, uh, he's using the shaky camera as well. But the difference is that he doesn't shake the camera very well. I mean, Paul Greengrass, brilliant at shaking a camera. He manages to shake the camera in the right direction at the right time. Olive, Olivier Megaton or Olivier Megaton can't seem to shake the camera very well. Um, and as a result it's almost impossible to work out what's going on you just honestly there is a car chase sequence and it's boring i mean it's boring it's there it has none of the impact of the original um and i just couldn't tell what was happening just lots of shaky camera like oh okay there's cars oh he's driving on the wrong side of the road okay and then suddenly oh the car's flying through the air why why is the car flying through the air it's 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 about a tenth 
as exciting as watching your friend play Grand Theft Auto, okay? You, it, it would be more entertaining if they just let a 15-year-old plug in his PlayStation 4 into the cinema screen and he could just play Grand Theft Auto 5 for two hours. That would have been more interesting. That would have been more entertaining and amusing and engaging. Instead, we end up with this shaky, horrible camera that gave me a headache and I couldn't see what was happening. Suddenly, there's a car flying through the air and I don't care. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, a car flying through the air. So what? Big deal. Car flying through the air. No, I, I don't care why it's flying through the air. I don't know why it's flying through the air. I don't know how it's flying through the air. Um, all I know that it is flying through the air. And there's even a moment with a... Uh, a container, you know those big metal containers, you you see them on those container ships uh, you also see them on the back of a truck, like a big container there's a moment in this crazy car chase where the container comes loose from the back of a truck and the container flies through the air it's like, okay, there's a, now there's a container flying through the air and I don't know why either um, the fight sequences is a similar story you just can't see what's happening and it looks like he's been shot about 10 times. It, I mean, what, how did he not get shot in this film? There's probably about 10 times where he get he clearly gets shot with a machine gun. But no, he's fine. He's absolutely fine. Not even He doesn't even get the bullet in the shoulder. You know the Bruce Willis bullet through the edge of the shoulder? That, he doesn't even get that. He's completely unscathed throughout this film. Um, which, um, which is a pity, because, you know, it's good when... A character gets beaten up a little bit. Like, case in point, um, the the Die Hard films. Have you seen Die Hard, the original Die Hard with Bruce Willis? In that film, he gets smashed up. He gets absolutely smashed to pieces in that film. First of all, throughout the film Die Hard, he doesn't have any shoes on. He's running around a building, fighting against terrorists or criminals. He's got no shoes on, which is really exciting because you think, wow, how's he going to deal with not having any shoes? And he's sort of like deals with bad guys and he steals their shoes, but they're not the right size. And throughout the film, he's trying to find shoes and he can't find any shoes. It's kind of fun. And there are moments where he has to run across a room and there's loads of broken glass on the floor and it's like really tense. And you think, How's, how on earth is he going to deal with this glass? And it's just, he he's wearing a white vest and throughout the film, the vest gets covered in blood and oil and all sorts of other things. And by the end of the film, he's just head to toe completely battered um and that's really interesting in this one basically liam neeson is indestructible there's no sense of um real drama because you think well he's going to be all right it doesn't matter what happens he's going to be fine in fact there are two moments where he's in a car and the car explodes like explodes in a big fireball there's there's one moment where he's escaping from bad guys and he's in a car and he decides to reverse the car He's in, he's in like a car park or something. He's up, you know, on the eighth or ninth floor of a building. And he reverses the car into a lift shaft. And the car falls all the way down the lift shaft. This is his genius way of escaping these bad guys with guns. He reverses the car into a lift shaft. And it falls all the way down the lift shaft. And, uh, and you, you know, as it's falling, you think, well, that's it. He's dead. I mean, you can't reverse a car into a lift shaft and then walk out of it alive. Um, the car falls down, hits the bottom, and there's a few moments of, like, um, drama. It's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then the car explodes. The whole car. 
and most of the building explodes. I mean, the whole side of the building explodes. Like, the building nearly falls down just from one car, just one petrol tank in a car makes almost the entire building explode. And you think, well, that's it. He's dead. End of the movie. He's dead. And then, you know, a couple of minutes later, there he is. He's just fine. He's fine. His leather jacket's fine. He looks okay. His hair has still got that really bad hair dye. Um, he, he doesn't even have a scratch on him. And it's not explained how he managed to escape from a um, from this, you know, car which crashed into a lift shaft and then exploded a few seconds later. No, no explanation. And then another another time, his car he's driving a car through the Hollywood Hills and the bad guys are chasing him and they ram the car off the edge of a cliff and the car literally like tumbles over and over and over, rolls down the mountain. And then when it finally stops, of course, it explodes. No reason why. <laughs> There's no fire. I mean, why does the car explode at the end of this crash? Anyway, it does. The car... Explodes, and you think, well, that he's dead. He must be dead. You can't roll down a hill in a car and then have that car explode and and survive. Uh, but you know, of course, a couple of minutes later, there he is. He's he's fine. And there's a little flashback sequence of which which tries to explain um, how he managed to survive. And he basically opened the door and jumped out of the car while it was rolling down the hill. Of course, of course, he did. How old is he? Sixty five. Right, okay. Well, he does have a very particular set of skills. Very particular, in fact. You know, his skills are so particular that they also include invisibility um, and the ability and the ability to um, the the ability to to like teleport as well. It seems he can teleport himself out of uh, rolling cars. He's also fireproof. You can't burn him. He's bulletproof as well. You you can't shoot him with bullets. You try you can try and shoot him with a bullet, but the bullet will just sort of swerve away at the last minute. Um, very particular set of skills indeed. Um, so yeah, I I just couldn't work out what was going on in the in the in the action sequences basically. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, I've got I've got more stuff to say. Here we go. The emotional scenes of the in the film are also very badly done. Full of for some reason in this film, people it's full of people going to visit each other for just five minutes. Like his ex-wife comes to see him at his house. He invites her over for dinner first of all, and she says, "No, I, I better not because things are not going very well with my husband. You know, I don't want to." And then she turns up, and she's dressed up nicely. She's dressed herself up to impress him. She turns up, they have a little chat for about three minutes, and then she's like, well, I'm going to go. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's it? You're just going to stick around for three minutes? Okay, fine. Um, then uh, he visits his daughter, he stays for three minutes. He, I think, really, the reason why these characters are all visiting each other for three minutes is they go and visit each other in order to explain the storyline of the film to each other so that you know we understand what the hell is going on Uh, but it's full of that people visiting each other and explaining the story and then leaving after three minutes um the 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 police officer is um played by forrest whitaker who is a great actor uh he's been in some really great films but in this his performance is just ridiculous um he has all these really strange affectations like throughout the film he's playing in his fingers, he's like fiddling with a chess piece, which is supposed to be very, um, it's it's supposed to be a metaphor, isn't it? Because he's like, you know, playing a game of chess. 
you know, I'm going to make my move and then he's going to make his move and then the bad guys are going to make their move. And it's like a game of chess, isn't it? Well, it's not really. It's not really. Just because he's fiddling with a, with a chess piece doesn't mean that it's as deep and as complex as a game of chess. Um, um, so... Yeah, the the original film, as I said, was very morally questionable, and this one is too. The only foreign people in this film, because it's set in the states, unlike the previous ones, which were set, you know, in in Europe, um, Europe, as they say in the film. Um, this one is set in in the states, so there aren't many foreign characters. But the only foreigners in it are Russian gangster stereotypes, the only sort of Russians you ever get in Hollywood films, tattooed, uh, sadistic. Um, psychopathic Russian stereotypes. Now, there's a character in it who is the main bad guy, it seems, or one of the main bad guys, who's a Russian gangster. And it really, it seems to me that he's like the Russian equivalent of Brian Mills, of Liam Neeson. He's like almost the same thing. Special services, um, special operations uh, soldier with, you know, very amazing skills, uh, fought in in various wars. For example, he fought uh, with the Russians in Afghanistan. Um, he's a decorated, you know, military um, uh, soldier, just like Liam Neeson. Okay, they have these. Both of them have a particular set of skills, right? But um, Liam Neeson, of course, he's a family man. Loves his family. Of course, he does. Yeah, he's he's the guy. He's the morally uh, he's the moral center of the film because he loves his daughter. The Russian guy, same thing, basically same guy. Same military training. No, but the Russian guy, he's a, he, he loves prostitutes and he likes to walk around in his underpants with tattoos on and he's got loads of machine guns and he's a, a, a bad gangster. Okay, fine. All right then. So the usual sort of um, racist bullshit, basically. Um, so uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So that was, th- it, to be honest... Watching this, um, watching this film, it felt like they were just flogging a dead horse. They're just flogging a dead horse at this point in the franchise. Do you know what that means? To flog a dead horse is an expression um, which um, which means that you're you're attempting to do something. You're making lots of effort to do something, but it's all in vain. It's it's not going to work. Just to waste time trying to do something which is not going to succeed. You're flogging a dead horse. Um, and in this in this film, they are flogging a dead horse, attempting to make more films like the first one, but um, it's not working. Okay, and the reviews show it. The, the reviews on the internet um, are generally bad for this film. Um, but I mean, that's not to say that I didn't like it. Well, okay, I didn't like it. Okay, I didn't like it, but you know, I did enjoy it a bit. It's it's fun in a sort of ironic way. You can go and just enjoy how bad it is. To be honest, it's not one of those films that's so bad it's good. It's not really. It's just pretty bad. But, um, you know, you can still enjoy Liam Neeson doing his thing. That's still quite fun. And, of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to see the film because I know that some of my listeners in some countries in the world don't have the option of going to see this movie. So, obviously, I'm grateful that I have the option to go out and actually see this film. Even if I didn't really like it, I'm still happy to have the freedom to watch it. I know that some people out there, uh, I don't know exactly which countries, but you you don't get this film. I mean, a lot of the films that we get 
here in in France or in, in the UK or even in America or other places they're not released in some countries because they're blocked by the government or whatever um so obviously I'm very happy to have the option to see the film and I'm also very happy to be able to just sort of go on and on and on about it on Luke's English podcast like this. Right then, I think it's probably time for me to um, teach you those um, expressions with take which I mentioned earlier. So let's get down to that. Okay, so I've already given you two phrases with take. We had to take someone for a ride and take someone to the cleaners, both of which mean to rip someone off, to con someone, to fool someone, probably in order to get their money. Um, To take someone to the cleaners also means to beat someone. Um, So, you know, Manchester United were taken to the cleaners, you might say, if they were uh, beaten, you know, uh, by lots of goals in a football match. Um, Here are some other ones, though. Here are 10 other phrases with take, and I'm going to try and keep it uh, short and simple for you. Um, So first one is to take something for granted, to take something for granted. This means if you undervalue something, which is actually very valuable to you. So maybe you don't acknowledge the fact that this thing is very valuable. Um, you don't say that it's very valuable or you don't even realise it's very valuable. Um, typically, you might say that you take a person for granted. Let's say, you know, your mum or your dad. You might take your mum for granted. Uh, your mum does all the housework. She does the cooking. She does the cleaning. She irons your clothes. She, um, you know, makes your lunch and stuff uh, in the morning. And if you don't say thank you to her enough, if you don't kind of make it obvious that you really appreciate and and realise all of the work she does for you, you might just take her for granted. For example, you might assume that she can pick you up in her car. You don't really think about whether, you know, she's able to do that. You just assume that she can and you don't really say thanks. You just think it's normal for her. You don't realise just how much um, she's working hard for you. You just take her for granted. You just sort of... um, assume that she'll be there you don't value her as much as you should do okay to take someone for granted uh let's think think of an example okay maybe um kimmy that's um liam neeson's daughter in the film taken maybe she's like oh daddy uh i want to go uh i want to go to um i want to go backpacking uh through some of the most dangerous parts of the world but uh um, I'm sure it's going to be fine because, you know, if I get kidnapped, you'll just uh, hunt uh, hunt down the kidnappers using your particular set of skills. Anyway, bye! So maybe Liam Neeson might might say, Kimmy, don't take me for granted. Certainly I have a very particular set of skills. But, you know, I'm I'm not indestructible, okay? I'm In fact, I'm exhausted. That's the third time I've had to kid- uh, rescue you now. Don't take me for granted, Kimmy. That might be a situation. Maybe in Taken 4, that's one of the dialogue sequences that we can expect. If that is one of the dialogue sequences in Taken 4, then it's going to be brilliant, isn't it? Um, um, Here's another one. To take it on the chin. To take something on the chin. Um, If you take something on the chin, it it usually means that you, you take some criticism or take some sort of difficult thing, probably criticism... Um, you take it um, in a very strong and resilient way. So sort of like, imagine if you've been punched on the chin and you don't go down, you don't cry, you don't uh, you, you don't fall down. Okay, you just stay there, stay strong. Just take it on the chin. Okay? Um, so it could be, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's what Liam Neeson's girlfriend is saying to him right now. 
He may be saying, I don't know what I've done. I don't know why I've made these terrible sequels to a film that was, well, it wasn't perfect, in the orig originally perfect, but it was all right. But now I've made several sequels and all the journalists are criticising me. And she's probably going to say, oh, don't worry, darling, just take it on the chin. You're just going to have to take it on the chin. I don't know why his girlfriend speaks like this, but she does. It's all right, Liam. You're, you're all right. Just take it on the chin. Move on. Okay, so that's to take it on the chin. To be strong and resilient in the face of criticism or adversity. Next one is to take it out on someone. To take it out on someone. Take out your anger on someone, for example. And this means you express some anger or frustration by being nasty or aggressive to someone else. To take it out on someone. So maybe Liam Neeson's had a very bad day and um, he's, uh, oh, I don't know, he's, he's had a very bad day and he's got uh, his friend and they're playing golf together and um, every time Liam Neeson fails to, to put the ball in the hole, he punches his friend and his friend's like, oh, stop taking it out on me. You're always taking it out on me, aren't you? Whenever you can't, you know, play golf properly, even though you do have a particular set of skills and all that stuff, you get frustrated when you play golf and you take, you're always taking it, you're, you, you're always taking it out on me. Don't take it out on me. Take it out on some terrorists or something. And then he's like, yeah, but Kimmy's just, she takes me for granted. She doesn't understand how, how long it took me to develop this set of skills that I keep talking about. She takes me for granted. And he's like, well, that may be true, but don't take it out on me. I'm your friend. Take it out on the golf ball. Go on, hit it really hard, as hard as you can. And uh, that's that's just a, a game of golf with Liam Neeson. Um, okay, to take it on, take it out on someone. Uh, express your anger or frustration by, by being nasty or aggressive to someone else. To take it out on someone. Um, to take advantage of something or to take advantage of someone. Now, if you take advantage of something... Uh, it means that you make the most of it. You kind of use, um, you completely use something which is available to you. You get all of the best things out of something that's available to you. So to take advantage of it. Um, for example, on teacherloop.co.uk, there's loads of free content there. And, you know, you should really take advantage of that. You should listen to episodes a couple of times. You should use the transcripts. You should uh, get involved in conversations with other Lepsters. You really need to take advantage of the resource which is available to you there. Okay, make the most of it. Exploit it. Okay, and that's to take advantage of something. Now, you can also take advantage of someone, which can mean that you... It can have a negative meaning. If you take advantage of someone, it means you maybe take things from someone um, without maybe them wanting to, to, to give it to you. It doesn't mean to steal something from someone taking advantage of you. Um, hmm, let me let me think. So basically, if someone's taking advantage of you, it means that they they're not spending time with you because they like you. Instead, they're just taking advantage of you by sort of using you. Maybe because um, maybe for they they want your possessions or your money or something like that. Um, so if you if imagine you've got like an amazing PlayStation 4 with a brilliant TV and you've got all the latest games, um, 
then you might find that people are all hanging around with you. Hey, hey, man, how are you doing? Hey, hey, do you mind if I come over? Um, why don't you put the PlayStation on? It's like, you're taking advantage of me, aren't you? Just, you you're just using me because of, I've got a PlayStation 4, for example. Every now and then I do get the impression that some people take advantage of uh, uh, of me as a as an online language teacher. I mean, it's not that bad or anything. Obviously, I offer loads of stuff free for my listeners to, to take advantage of. But don't think you can take advantage of me. You know what I mean? doesn't mean that you can just ask me any question. If you've got any anything that you need, you can just ask me and I'll give it to you for free. Don't take advantage of me. You've got to, still got to treat me with respect. You know what I mean? Um, okay, take advantage of something or take advantage of someone. Next one, just take it easy, man. Just relax, chill out. Just chillax. Take it easy. Take it easy just means relax. You may know that one already. Take it easy. Put your foot, put your feet up. Just calm down, all right, Liam? Okay, Liam Neeson, just chill, okay? I know that you don't like, you know, terrorists. I don't like terrorists either, okay? But just take a, take an evening off, okay? Let's go to the cinema, okay? Just take the evening off. Let's go to the cinema. What shall we see? I mean, let's see. Let's. What have we got here? Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Nah, I'm not sure about that one. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Schindler's List. Uh, could be a bit depressing. Um, what else? Uh, Batman Begins. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad film. Um, Taken. Mm, that's not bad, that one. Taken 3. Uh, anyway, whatever. We're just going to go to the movies. We're going to take it easy. So it just means relax. Okay. Uh, next one is to overtake. Overtake is just one word. And it means to move in front of someone. Usually in a car. If you're driving a car and the car in front of you is driving a bit slowly, you might want to uh, drive around them and you overtake. Usually when you overtake a car, um, you have to speed up, you know, you drop the gear, maybe drop it down into third or fourth gear. You're going, I think we better overtake. Just check there's no one coming. Just indicate, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, and then you drop a gear, don't you? And you overtake someone. Okay, that's to overtake. Now, don't get mixed up between overtake and to take over. Uh, Take over means to take control of something. For example, to acquire something. In in business, you have like an acquisition or a takeover. That's where someone purchases the majority of shares in a company and then they become they have a controlling interest in that in that company so that's a takeover uh, to take over something means to like gain control of something can you imagine if aliens came down and tried to take over luke's english podcast obviously i would fight against them um i'd probably call up my mate liam neeson so he could come and help me out so uh, no one's going to take over luke's english podcast um and if they do try, then there's going to be a fight. There will be a dramatic fight sequence with shaky camera. And I'll be punching aliens with the edge of my hand and my elbows and stuff like that. Okay, just just as a warning, if anyone tries to take over my podcast without my permission. Um, here's another one. It takes one to know one. It takes one to know one. Okay, so it's like you might say, you know, you're an idiot. Oh, well, it takes one to know one. Okay, so it's a sort of a comeback. It takes one to know one. That means that in order to know, in order to know that someone is something, you have to be that something as well. 
okay? So if someone says, you're an idiot, you can say, well, it takes one to know one, which means that in order to identify that, an I, that I'm an idiot, you also have to be an idiot too. Or like, you know, he's an idiot. Well, it takes one to know one. In order to identify that he's an idiot, you have to be an idiot as well. Okay, well, it takes one to know one, doesn't it? Um, uh, to have what it takes. Do you have what it takes to join the SAS? Uh, to have what it takes, this means that you... To have the necessary qualities to do something. For example, do you have what it takes to get 7.5 in the IELTS test? Do you have what it takes to climb a mountain in Indonesia? Uh, do you have what it takes to rescue your daughter when she's been kidnapped by naughty foreign people? Um, okay, and then finally, give or take. Give or take. Um, how long's it? How long's the uh, journey? Well, it's about f four hours, give or take. So, give or take just basically means approximately. Give or take, so it's like more or less, that kind of thing. Give or take. Um, so, how much do you expect to sell the bike for? Probably about three hundred pounds, give or take. There you go. It just means approximately. Right. So that's uh, it's about an hour of podcasting, give or take a few minutes. Um, I hope you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Um, I've enjoyed making it. It's been a slightly uh, shambolic episode. I don't know if you felt that. It it feels like it's been a bit shambolic on this side of things. Unlike the previous one, which was about the IELTS test, which was all clearly very well organised and very well prepared. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Um, thanks again for downloading the podcast. Um, I would also like to remind you that I've been nominated for the Macmillan Dictionary Award again. Um, and uh, obviously, obviously, I need your votes. So do go to teacherluke.co.uk. You'll find a little button there on the screen. It says, vote for us. Please vote for us. Uh, click that, and then uh, you'll be able to vote for Luke's English Podcast. Um, all right, that's it. There's more stuff coming soon. I hope that I'm not uploading too much. Sometimes I think to myself, ah, I hope that everyone can keep up. Ah, I don't, to be honest, I don't have that voice when I'm thinking. Ah, oh, I hope everyone can keep up. Oh, God. That's not the voice that's in my head. I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, sometimes I think, I hope everyone can keep up with my output. Um, but uh, I'm going to try and, you know, keep it regular. Try and do it, do an episode about once a week if I can. The university semester is about to begin and uh, I'm going to be very busy again. So, you know, who knows, my, my output might be affected by that and I might not be able to upload quite as many episodes um, as I have done over the last four weeks or so. We shall see. Okay, but that's pretty much the end of this episode. Thanks very much for listening to Luke's English Podcast. Uh, and remember, if you do kidnap anyone in my family, then I will find you, I will hunt you down, and I will um, give you a little slap around the face. Like, naughty boy, don't do it again. Or girl, if you're a girl. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Um, let me know if you saw Taken 1, 2, and 3. Let me know your thoughts. And just let me know something. Just tell me stuff in the comments section, okay? I look forward to reading stuff that you write there. Thanks very much for listening. For now, goodbye. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.